This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is one of the scenarios that we have been, of course, most concerned about. Six more cases of COVID-19 in Metro Vancouver, but why two are of particular concern. Plus, if you're asking my advice, I say don't go. The stark warning from B.C.'s health minister about cruise ship travel and how the industry is responding to the outbreak and... Everybody's stocking up, everybody's panic, panic buying. The impact of the novel coronavirus on local events and businesses and how false information is playing a part. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening, thanks for joining us. If you are sick, stay home. Just one of the messages today in an alarming update from health officials on the COVID-19 outbreak here in BC. They confirm six new cases, some connected to travel from virus hotspots. But of greater concern, two people at a North Vancouver care home. Jill Bennett begins our coverage. This long-term care facility is where two residents have tested positive for COVID-19, as well as a care aide who is BC's 21st case, the only confirmed community transmission of the virus so far. It's unclear at this point whether her contact was something in the facility or whether the, she was the, the person who um, brought it into the facility. There are six new cases of COVID-19 in B.C. They include two people connected to travel to Iran. They are now self-isolating. And a couple in their 60s have been hospitalized. They were passengers on the Grand Princess cruise ship from February 11th to the 21st. There are 27 confirmed cases in B.C. For Dr. Henry, someone who in the past has dealt with SARS and Ebola, it's enough to prompt a rare moment of emotion. I just know how stressful it is for our health care system, for our, my colleagues, and for families that are dealing with this. And, and I'm probably a little tired myself, but... Yeah. What can I say? It's, um, it's a very difficult time. There are also concerns about potential exposure. As many healthcare workers work in more than one facility, officials are now tracking that to see if it's the case. South of the border, newly released numbers from the Life Care Centre near Seattle paint a troubling picture. Almost half the residents are now in hospital. Of the 15 who died in hospital, 13 tested positive for COVID-19 and 70 employees are showing symptoms. The virus is volatile unpredictable. We've had patients who within an hour's time show no symptoms to going to acute symptoms and being transferred to the hospital. And we've had patients die relatively quickly. In BC, there is a rigorous testing protocol, regular public updates and reminders to wash hands frequently, avoid excessive contact with others and perhaps the best advice. I'll say it one more time. If you're sick, stay home. Jill Bennett, Global News. With two of the latest cases connected to cruise ship passengers, BC health officials are adamant in warning people not to go on cruises right now. Nadia Stewart has more on how some in the embattled industry are coping with the outbreak. 
This is the first time Holland America Line has brought its cruise and travel show to Vancouver, a city that's no stranger to seeing large ships in the port. But organizers debated whether or not they should cancel this weekend's event. This is something that we have to manage, clearly, and so we're putting protocols in place, we're enhancing protocols. Concerns over COVID-19 and cruise ships, top of mind for many here. Holland America Line has not had any cases on board its vessels, but much like the airlines, they're also catering to customers on the fence about traveling. We have a book with confidence uh, program, so if you do book today and you're unsure for whatever reason, you can make an adjustment because things are changing day to day. The latest change comes from the province's chief medical officer, who, along with the health minister, is joining her federal counterpart in warning against any cruise ship trips. Cruise ships right now are really high risk. There is no way to guarantee your safety at this point, and we would uh, strongly recommend people forego that type of travel. Those who are considering going on cruises, who have bought tickets on cruises, need to very seriously consider their position. And if you're asking my advice, I say don't go. Saturday's strong warning comes as the province deals with six new COVID-19 cases two of which are connected to the Grand Princess. The quarantine vessel anchored off the coast of San Francisco with 21 people on board who tested positive for the coronavirus. Two passengers in their 60s who were recently on board the ship are now in hospital here, recovering from the virus. They're in stable condition. According to the ship's posted schedule, it is set to stop in Vancouver and Victoria on the 2nd and 3rd of April. Minister Dick says the industry is in conversation with government at both a federal and provincial level as the cruise ship season here in B.C. approaches, with many questions about what the impact of the virus could be between now and then. Nadia Stork, Global News. A B.C. couple quarantined on board the Grand Princess. He is calling on the Canadian government to repatriate them. Robert and Dorothy Grubb are among 237 Canadians on board the Grand Princess off the coast of San Francisco. As mentioned, there are 21 confirmed cases of COVID-19 among the 3,500 passengers and crew. They say they've reached out to consular officials in California, hoping, hoping for repatriation flights similar to the flight for those who are on board the Diamond Princess off Japan. We're hopeful, absolutely, but let's be pragmatic. Uh, there are forces, the U.S. government, the CDC, and the Canadian officials who will control the outcome of uh, our transition back to Canada. So while hopeful, uh, I am pragmatic and just wait to hear what can be done. They're in their 80s and they have pre-existing health conditions and we just want to have them in a safe environment because we don't know what kind of air filtration is happening there. And I mean, there's all sorts of things that could go sideways and we won't know until we really got to start working hard to keep them safe and healthy. The family says they've been working with Cloverdale Langley City MP Tamara Jensen in their repatriation efforts. University of Canada West says two presumptive cases of COVID-19 pose no risk and classes will resume on Monday. The school in downtown Vancouver closed its doors Thursday and told students to stay home after a presumed case was discovered. The university has since confirmed a second presumptive case in a student related to the first student. Both are in isolation and health officials say there is no risk to other students, 
faculty or staff. UCW will be disinfected this weekend before reopening on Monday. Anywhere large groups come together has the potential to spread the virus. So instead of public gatherings, people are now being encouraged to hold virtual meetings, if possible, in order to stem the transmission of COVID-19. But it's a mixed message in Vancouver this weekend, with one major sporting event carrying on, while upcoming cultural celebrations have been cancelled. Julia Foy is following that part of the story. Rugby 7 enthusiasts packed BC Place and it's game on. It's actually going to be the largest Rugby Canada game ever or day of rugby in Canada with over just under 40,000 people. While tickets to the tournament are sold out, organizers won't actually know if the threat of COVID-19 kept some fans at home until they check the turnstile numbers. Internationally, they are taking some other precautions in those epicenters, and so we'll, we'll continue to track it, not just for today, but for all of our sporting events in the city. Fans seem cautious, but optimistic. I brought rubber gloves to go to the washroom, and I brought, like, little wipes and stuff, and I was a little bit concerned because I'm immune-suppressed. I'm not going to shake anyone's hand, but... <laughs> no, I mean, no. I feel like as long as you take the right precautions and, you're, you know, you wash your hands. Down the right wing, McEwen shoots, he scores! In the fight against COVID-19, sports organizations say they've increased cleaning of public areas and access to hand sanitizer stations. It was really good for our confidence. The Canucks have also announced they'll no longer host media interviews in dressing rooms, instead only holding press conferences at a podium. But many other upcoming public events, including celebrations for Nauru's Persian New Year, are being cancelled. Different Nauru's events, uh, the uh, fire festivals in the North Shore and Tri-Cities, um, the Nauru's events at the legislature, the city of Vancouver. So should the public stay home or go out and play? There hasn't been a recommendation yet in BC to stay away from large gatherings, but they do, they're trying to educate the public that, you know, if you have a cold symptoms, you shouldn't be attending any large gatherings. Can says people shouldn't panic about the spread of COVID-19. Our case numbers are still much lower than many other countries. But we need to remember we are all on the same team and we need to work together to win. Julia Foy, Global News. An event to mark International Women's Day has been cancelled because of the COVID-19 outbreak. CARE Canada's annual Walk in Her Shoes gathering at Creekside Community Centre in Vancouver won't be happening tomorrow. Instead, participants are encouraged to go for a walk in their own neighbourhoods and post a photo to social media with the hashtag walk in her shoes. The Women's World Hockey Championship has been cancelled due to concerns over the spread of COVID-19. The event was scheduled to begin on March 31st in Halifax and Truro, Nova Scotia. The International Ice Hockey Federation said the 2021 championship will return to the province. This marks the second time the Women's Worlds have been cancelled. The 20, 2003 tournament was called off because of the SARS outbreak. And Tim Horton says it is scrapping this year's Roll Up the Rim to Win contest due to the COVID-19 outbreak. The company is removing all of the contest's paper cups over health concerns around staff handling them. Tim Hortons doesn't say COVID-19 is the reason, but says the current public health environment means their staff needs to take extra precautions. In other news tonight, a shooting on Vancouver Island has left a woman dead and a man in custody. West Shore RCMP say that at around 9.30 last night near the 800 block of Arncote 
Avenue in Langford, just west of Victoria. A 40-year-old woman was shot and later died. The suspect, a 35-year-old man, was found this morning by a Sanch police dog team and arrested. Police believe the fatal shooting was an isolated incident and the public is not at risk. A young woman has been killed and several others injured in a car crash in Chilliwack. Four people were inside the vehicle when it crashed at around 3.30 this morning on Vetter Mountain Road near Cultus Lake Road. The vehicle ended up on its roof in a ditch. A 20-year-old woman died at the scene. Another woman was sent to hospital in serious condition. Two men were also sent to hospital with minor injuries. Chilliwack RCMP say the cause of the crash is still under investigation. Liquor bottles were found at the crash site, but RCMP haven't confirmed if they were connected to the crash. A bus crash in Burnaby this morning knocked out power to more than 1,000 customers. At around 10 o'clock this morning, witnesses say the transit bus was being hooked up to be towed when it somehow rolled backwards into a ditch, striking an electrical pole near Gilmore and Kitchener Street. BC Hydro reports some 1,600 Hydro customers lost power in the Boundary Low Heat area. There have been no reports of injuries. Several semi-trucks were destroyed by fire in Abbotsford overnight. At around 2 o'clock this morning, crews were called to an area near Simpson and Mount Lehman Roads where they found several vehicles engulfed in flames. The fires were quickly extinguished, but the damage is extensive. No word yet on a cause. A Fort St. John company has been charged with unlawfully disposing sewage after an investigation by the B.C. Conservation Officer Service. Calia Resources Corp. is facing three charges, two under the Environmental Management Act and one under the Public Health Act. They relate to improperly disposing waste into the environment in a manner hazardous to human health and stem from a 2017 investigation into the hauling of domestic and commercial sewage. A sewage truck was seized when several search warrants were executed in the fall of 2018. Calia Resources says there was no environmental impact and it expects the matter will be resolved out of court. Well, spring is less than two weeks away, but parts of B.C. are getting a late blast of winter. Have a look at this. This is the road to Campbell River earlier today. People from Courtney to Campbell River were digging out after a dump of snow overnight. The snowfall warning for East Vancouver Island ended earlier this afternoon, but not before five to ten centimeters of snow fell. Drivers are warned to use caution on the road as conditions may continue to be dangerous. Well, no whiteout conditions in the Broadway area of Vancouver this afternoon, but drivers had to navigate some slick roads when snow mixed with hail began to fall. Yeah, the brief storm ended as quickly as it began. Yvonne Shell is going to have the details of what we can expect in the forecast coming up. On our top story, the COVID-19 outbreak. As it continues to grow in B.C., businesses continue to adapt their services in response. But as Kristen Robinson reports, for some, that includes fighting false rumors. Surrey's Henlong Market open for business. The last few days have been very stressful. Everybody's stocking up, everybody's panic, panic buying, and so we're extra busy. As they battle crowds stockpiling amid the COVID-19 outbreak, no one here is sick, but staff fighting off some nasty rumors. There was a rumor out that uh, our staff, had, one of our staff had um, coronavirus. It's completely false, um, and there's no basis for it whatsoever. The Asian grocery store that's been here for more than 36 years 
forced to call out the false and damaging rumors circulating on social media. That type of information is completely wrong. It's an attack on the employees that work here. In Vancouver, MEC launching its new flagship store with two features on pause. We're just being extra safe here. The climbing wall and rental program on hold due to COVID-19. We're thinking about all our high touch point areas and just taking precautions and we identified the gear rental program and the climbing wall and uh, some other spaces in the store like the surfaces that we can easily clean. Meantime, the market's close to 100 employees optimistic knowing they're not alone in combating the spread of false information. It's very hurtful. I, I hope that these people who do that understand, understand what they're doing. Yeah, it, and it's completely wrong. Three generations of Minno's family praying that truth and common sense will prevail. Kristen Robinson, Global News. At today's news conference, the health minister warned about false information about COVID-19 that's circulating on the internet. Adrian Dick says people should be seeking out reliable sources, especially when it comes to their health. The reason every day we come and announce cases is so that no one can speculate on cases. No one can say, oh, we heard there were X number of cases in X communities because we are announcing them every day. Right? So that, that when we say there's no cure for COVID-19, there's no vaccine for COVID-19, you see on the internet people claim this. And I have one piece of advice for that. If you see someone on the internet claiming that, unfollow them. And, uh, and if it's not your mother, block them. Even if it is your mother, block them. A major fashion retailer, Nordstrom, says it is increasing its cleaning and sanitation efforts at all of its stores in Canada and the U.S. in the wake of the novel coronavirus outbreak. There are six Nordstrom stores and six Nordstrom rack stores across the country, with a seventh rack set to open in Langley this spring. After more than 30 years in business, a downtown Vancouver luxury retailer is shutting its doors. Leone at Sinclair Centre announced a closing down sale on its Facebook page. The luxury liquidation started Friday and lists all items at 15% off. Former owner Alberto Leone and his then wife Maria opened the designer brand store in 1987. The iconic fashion shop is thanking patrons for 33 years of love and support. A strike has been averted at one of BC's most iconic hotels. Unionized Fairmont Empress Hotel workers in Victoria have reached a tentative agreement with their employer. Unifor had served strike notice earlier this week after a lack of progress at the bargaining table. The almost 500 employees, including housekeeping, guest services, maintenance and engineering staff, were seeking higher wages and improved benefits and working conditions. Workers will vote on ratifying the contract next week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The impact of the coronavirus around the world is becoming more dire. Today, Italy's government announced a lockdown of more than 10 million people to keep the disease from spreading. Italy has seen nothing like this. Hospitals overwhelmed, deaths rising fast. With hundreds of new infections and dozens of new deaths every day, Italy has now replaced China as the epicenter health experts 
are most worried about. The scientist who identified the Italian strain says they're fighting a fast-moving enemy. Viruses are always changing. So each strain of the virus is changing all the time? I think so. We are facing a real emergency. And tonight, emergency measures. The Italian government preparing to lock down a region of 10 million people, including Milan, Italy's business centre, where the streets were quiet today. No one would be allowed to leave or enter for weeks. Pope Francis, who was coughing earlier this week with a cold, <coughs> will lead Sunday prayers tomorrow, not from this balcony, but by video link. At a US military base in Naples, a junior officer became the first US serviceman in Europe to test positive for the virus. Across the world, there are now more than 105,000 cases of the virus in at least 95 countries with more than 3,500 deaths. In China, dozens of people who'd been quarantined in a hotel were buried when the building collapsed. More than 30, including children, were pulled out, but scores are still trapped. It's a global battle against a virus spreading fast. Bill Neely, NBC News, Milan. Video shows the first group of worshippers today walking around the Kaaba, Islam's holiest site after Saudi Arabia temporarily lifted its ban on visitors to the Grand Mosque of Mecca. All Muslims are required to visit the site at least once in their lifetime, if at all possible. On Friday, cleaning staff sanitized the mosque, leaving it empty of worshippers on what would normally have been the busiest day of the week. The decision to ban access was taken earlier this week and could affect millions of Muslims who are ahead to are ahead rather of fasting this month of Ramadan and the annual Hajj pilgrimage. Saudi Arabia has confirmed five coronavirus cases so far. A fresh flare-up of tension in Greece today. It comes as more migrants try to force their way further into Europe. Police fired rubber bullets and used tear gas to drive them back. Thousands of migrants have been trying to break through Greece's border after Turkey announced it would no longer stop them from crossing into other EU countries. In Health Matters tonight, we know preventing the spread of germs is the key to containing the novel coronavirus and other diseases, including the cold and the flu. But you are about to see just how tough that can be, especially if you're dealing with kids. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ms. At Soaring Heights Charter School in New Jersey, they're cracking down on coronavirus. Today we are going to talk about hand washing. Nurse Mirna Ibarra is teaching these fourth graders how to protect themselves and others against germs that can also lead to colds and flu. And then we start drying. The school doing its all to keep students and staff safe. How are you guys doing today? Not always easy, though, so we went to Mrs. Eugenia Robinson's class to demonstrate just how fast germs can spread. We put a safe, non-toxic powder called GlowGerm on their hands. It simulates the spread of germs, showing what's been touched by shining a special light. Then we left them alone for just one hour to see how often they touch their faces, school equipment, and even each other. All right, let's see what we got here. You can see fingerprints here. And it's tough not to touch these things. This just shows you how this little bit of powder can spread all over the place. Those glowing spots represent germs everywhere. Can you guys see it on her face? In their ears, 
on their noses and on every surface they touch. Tables, computers, even pens and pencils. Even on the teacher. Look at that. It is all over her. Do I have it in my hair? A little bit. How surprised were you that this powder spread so quickly through the classroom? I didn't even realize how much I, myself, spread it around the room. According to a recent study, in a normal day, we touch our face more than 20 times an hour. That's but good news. Mrs. Robinson's class has learned the best way to prevent spread. Do you guys want to wash your hands now? Yes! How many seconds do you have to wash your hands? 20 seconds! And what's the best way to tell 20 seconds? New research shows that getting in those daily steps can help prevent chronic illnesses. Scientists collected nine years of data from more than 1,900 middle-aged adults. People who logged the most steps had a significantly lower risk of developing diabetes and high blood pressure compared with those who had the fewest. Women with the highest step count were also 61% less likely to be obese. And brushing your teeth several times a day could help in the fight against diabetes. Findings published in a journal of diabetes shows that brushing three times or more per day is linked to an 8% lower risk of developing diabetes. Researchers also found that gum disease and missing teeth were associated with an increased risk for developing the disease. Meghan and Harry on their farewell tour as working royals and why the royal family may need them now more than ever. We're going to have that for you right after Yvonne's forecast. But first, have a look at this. Australians living in Canberra woke up to an array of rising colors today with the annual balloon spectacular painting the skies of the nation's capital. Hundreds of people were on hand to witness some 30 hot air balloons taking shape. A giant Tyrannosaurus Rex was apparently the, the big thrill there, measuring 43 meters high. The balloon spectacular, if you're going to be there, by the way, is on until March 15th. Just so you know, we, we were not seeing balloons in the sky, but hail this yes. afternoon. A bit of everything, depending on where you are. We are still actually tracking the risk of thunderstorms still early this evening before things really do start to ease off. And we've got some bright spots to round off the weekend for tomorrow. And I'll have more in just a moment. Here's a beautiful shot right now overlooking English Bay. Temperatures have been cooler today. We're sitting at 5. We bumped up to 7 as the high. The average for this time of the year sits at 10 degrees. We've got a northwesterly wind at 15 kilometers per per hour. A quick snapshot, a couple of photos. So we did see a mixed bag. This is what it looked like earlier today in Campbell River. So thank you so much, Terry. And the drive today in Aldergrove on Highway 1 captured by Scott. Here's what we are looking at, though. Still a little, little bit of instability. We've got a few pockets. We've seen reports of hail. We have seen a few showers popping up and flurries for higher elevations. A closer shot, eastern areas and stretching in towards the Fraser Valley. Some heavier pockets of rain still falling for this evening. And then in behind it overnight and for the morning hours we do still have a chance of showers and we'll start off our Sunday morning with some cloud cover the mountain passes this evening tracking snowfall tapering off overnight tomorrow morning still a few flurries before it really does start to clear out we've got a weak ridge of high pressure that is going to build in across the province and we will benefit especially for the afternoon and leading in towards Monday with some sunshine in the mix and drier conditions Kootenay Pass there was a snowfall warning it has now ended but still anywhere between five and up to ten seconds 
centimeters this evening. A few flurries for the early morning hours. The Coquihalla from Hope to Merit also five and up to 10 centimeters. The connector, it's two and up to four centimeters tonight. Still an additional two and four centimeters for tomorrow morning. Allison Pass, two and up to four. And then the Rogers Pass, the snow is ending this evening. And still a few flurries will be there for tonight and early morning. Here's what we're tracking for the northeastern corners of the province. It's dry, but very chilly with the wind chill starting off at minus 33, bumping up to minus 12, but there is the risk of frostbite over the next couple of days. White horse with the wind chill for the early morning hours at minus 25. Dry over the next two days, but the potential for snow developing as early as Monday night and then unsettled leading into Tuesday. Most areas along the coast, it'll be bright. We are seeing some fog for the early morning hours, dissipating sunshine. Next weather maker that is going to push in with very windy conditions moving in by Monday morning. Caribou and Central Interior, the wind chill tomorrow morning feeling closer to minus 20. Some fog patches dissipating, sunshine for the afternoon and dry over the next two days. Most spots near the Columbia and Kootenai still some instability for the morning. Flurries, especially for higher elevations, changing over to a chance of showers. And in the morning hours, the wind chill will feel closer to minus 6. The tops in Okanagan, a few isolated flurries, cloud cover for the morning, a clearing for the afternoon, some sunshine in the mix over the next two days, and areas where Whistler, a few lingering flurries, not much in terms of accumulation, sunny and dry on Monday, and some flurries moving in once again on Tuesday. The island for tomorrow, temperatures will be closer to 7, but we are still seeing a fair bit of cloud cover. A reminder before you go to bed, I know lots of people have automated uh, phones, but we do need to set our clock one hour behind. Sunrise tomorrow morning will be at 7.39, and the sunset closer to 7.07. Temperatures will be up to 8 degrees for tomorrow. We do have some sunshine. It moves in for the afternoon. Colleen? All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are in London this weekend for a round of final appearances as working members of the royal family. One last look at the roles the couple is giving up to preserve their privacy. The situation other members of the royal family may be envying right now. Meghan and Harry giving Britain a glimpse of what they'll soon be missing. Meghan marking International Women's Day at a London school, encouraging boys to speak up during her Friday visit. It's very easy to sometimes compartmentalize or silo this idea of International Women's Day solely being about women, but it's not, it's about all of us. And leaving students speechless. Tonight's stop on their whirlwind farewell tour, the Royal Albert Hall, Harry's final engagement as Captain General of the Royal Marines. The Queen has requested he give up that honorary title once he and Meghan step back as senior royals at the end of March. Their departure is not the only headache for the royal family at the moment. Prince Harry's uncle, Prince Andrew, is facing mounting questions over his links to Jeffrey Epstein. Britain's Telegraph reporting Prince Andrew hired Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet's former lawyer, Claire Montgomery, an expert in extradition law, as he fights an FBI probe into his relationship to Epstein. Tonight, a family and an institution under pressure as two of its most popular members wave goodbye to royal life. Sarah Harmon, NBC News, London. Okay, but back to Harry and Meghan for a second. Windsor residents and tourists have expressed sorrow at the departure of Prince Harry and Meghan as full-time members of the royal family. It's not a, only a loss for Windsor, but for the whole nation. I think um, it was really um, an interesting and encouraging development to have Meghan join the royal family. So it is a shame. It is a real shame.
Well, maybe their loss is our gain. Mm -hmm. It's true. Right. right now it looks like it. You never Cup know how it's going to trend, how it's going to turn out. Right. Speaking of not knowing how things are going to turn out. Uh, well, that could lead to a lot of things. Want to be, <laughs> be more specific? Uh, yes, Canucks yeah. won last night. Yeah. Yes, they're doing well. That story is going to be, it's going to go down to the wire in the NHL playoff race. <laughs> But I think the story of the day in Vancouver has got to be at BC Place. The rugby sevens are going yeah. on. The crowd is, let's say, they're well lubricated and are <laughs> very excited because Canada Dressed had up. its best day ever at uh, rugby seven really? in Vancouver. Great. So I'll have highlights of all that coming up. It's I'm wondering if alcohol is a disinfectant <laughs> for um Yeah, I think COVID. this could be a test case, test market at uh, BC Place. Yeah, no one seems to be complaining or, or wondering about that. They've got other things there might. Big party going on down there at BC Place. Thanks, Colleen. Uh, you know, so far it hadn't been a great year for Canada Rugby Sevens uh, men's team. Their best finish in the HSBC series was a fifth, so they were hoping to get a big boost from the rabid fans at BC Place this weekend. Vancouver's Rugby Seven atmosphere is the best in the world according to pretty much everyone and right on cue Canada rode the wave of red and white support to an absolutely fantastic day that could lead to an even more memorable day tomorrow 40,000 crammed into BC place in their costumes Duncan BC's Pat K 50th tournament got to go out solo before Canada's first game huge start for Canada Nathan Hirayama of Richmond Canada's all-time leading scorer and the all-time leading scorer in the Vancouver Sevens Tournament for All Nations makes it 7-0. Then it's North Van's Harry Jones. Canada burst out to a 26-0 lead at the half. French made it to the final last year in Vancouver. They're a wonderful squad, but Canada played great. The French did make it close, but victorious Connor Braid with an explosive run the length of the field in Canada with an exquisite, exquisite start beat France 31-21 to get going. Now in their second match it was Fiji currently ranked third in the series past champions here in Vancouver another tough test for Canada Vancouver's Theo Sauter gets Canada off to another great start as he will power his way in for the try and it's 5-0 Canada later Sauter does it again just crosses. They reviewed that, but you can see he had contact with the ball. That's a try, 12-7, but Fiji did lead 14-12 at the half. Second half, Canada goes back out front, and it's Pat Kay. What a way to celebrate his 50th tournament on home soil, 19-14. Then on the ensuing kick, a fortuitous bounce for Canada. And racing in for the winning try, Abbotsford's Justin Douglas. And watch what happens after. He will jump into the waiting arms of the Sasquatch, only in Canada. What a scene at BC Place. Canada wins 26-21, they're 2-0. So final match versus Wales just moments ago. A win clinches first in the pool. Canada in their blacks for this match, and who else but Nathan Hirayama opens the scoring. Great stutter moves, so quick. Sprints to the corner for the try, 5-0 Canada. Moments later, Harry Jones will jump on a loose ball and he will take it in for another try. That made it 10-0. And then more BC connection. Kamloops boy Isaac Kay will sprint in. 15-0 for Canada. And then Pat Kay, not related, will do this shifty little move here. Takes it in for the try. 22-0 at the half. Canada wins 29-7. They win Pool B. They will meet Spain in the Cup quarterfinals tomorrow afternoon at 12.25. What a day for rugby 
and for Canada. Well, the Canucks snapped their four-game losing skid last night, beating Colorado 6-3. Tomorrow night, they host Columbus, looking to avenge that meltdown last Sunday when they blew a 3-1 lead with seven minutes to go. Canucks with 15 games left on the skid. If they win nine of them, almost assuredly they get into the playoffs. Eight might even be enough. Plenty of scoreboard watching today. So far for the Canucks, Predators and Stars. Second period, Ryan Ellis with the uh, innocent-looking shot at net, beats Ben Bishop, 1-0 Predators. UC Saros could not be beat on this day. A sampling of his 37 saves for the shutout. He has taken over as the number one ahead of Pekka Rinne. Big win for Nashville, 1-0. They hop over Winnipeg into the second wild card, tied with the Canucks with 76 points, but they've played one more game than Vancouver. All right, let's uh, check this out. Roberto Luongo. Retiring his number today in Florida. This will happen in Vancouver one day, you'd think, but today in Florida, they raised his number one to the Raptors. 1,044 career games, 572 with the Panthers. Next stop, the Hall of Fame. He's third in all-time wins with 49, trailing only Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur. All right, let's check out back to more hockey. Minnesota and L.A. Wild at 75 points, just one behind the Canucks. Second period, tied 1-1. King shorthanded, but they take the lead. Adrian Kempe to Blake Lazat, 2-1 L.A. And then 53 seconds later, Trevor Moore breaks in. Alex Stalock commits to the poke check. Moore reads it, flips it over him. 3-1 Kings. And then in the third, Dustin Brown going to the net. Will knock in a loose puck. That made it 4-1. L.A., no pressure on the Kings. They're going to finish well out of the playoffs. The Wild did cut it to 4-3, but Brown will score a fantastic goal on the rush. Kings do the Canucks a big favor as they beat the Wild 7-3 at Staples Center. Let's check out some Eastern Conference action. Bruins and Lightning, two Stanley Cup contenders meeting for the second time in a week. Bruins won 2-1 in Tampa earlier in the week. Lightning get off to a lightning start. Anthony Sorelli shorthanded. Great shot to the short side on Tuka Rask, and then still shorthanded on the same penalty. Tampa scores again. Mikhail Sergachev beats Rask, and it's 2-0 Tampa. This one had a lot of playoff intensity as well. Barkley Goodrow and Chris Wagner with the scrap. What a playoff series this would be. They would be second-round opponents, likely. Second period, Tampa scores again. Cedric Paquette from the doorstep. It was 3-0. It's closer now, though, 4-3 Tampa late in the third. And we'll show you one more. Caps and Penguins, Washington, all of a sudden in a battle with the Flyers for first in their division. Caps with a big first period, already up 1-0. Nick Backstrom in alone, just his 12th of the year. He's known as a passer, not a shooter, but he can certainly finish. 2-0, then it's Richard Ponick. Just two minutes later, Caps... 3-0 over the Pens after one. And now let's jump to the third period now. 4-1 Washington. Pens get closer on the power play. Evgeny Malkin risks it past Braden Holtby. That cut it to 4-2. But Washington will put the brakes on any thought of a Penguin comeback. T.J. Oshie taking a great feed from Backstrom. Snipes his 26th as the Capitals win 5-2, but the Flyers also win tonight, so they're still tied atop the Metropolitan. Caps play their first road game of the season tonight in L.A. against the Galaxy. Hopefully Vancouver will elevate their level after a poor effort in their season opener, a 3-1 loss at home to Sporting Kansas City. Coach Mark DeSanto says he wants his team to play the aggressive pressing style they worked on the entire preseason and not to play afraid to lose. The Galaxy will be pumped for their home opener as Javier Hernandez, better known as Chico 
Chicharito makes his home debut in MLS. Yeah, I mean, we, we know he's a world-class player. He's played for the best teams in the you know, world. Um, he's played at all competitions, but that doesn't scare us at all. You know, we've played against guys just as good as him, better. So we're just going to go and make sure that we do our thing to make sure we stop him. These environments are going to happen. You're going to go into places where there is a lot of hype around players, and you just can't let it affect us as a group and uh, you as a player. And um, we just got to go there focused and just stick to our game plan. MLS Today, Josie Altidore and Toronto FC playing their home opener against New York City FC. Just one goal in this match, 81st minute. Richie Larea's shot takes a deflection off a New York City defender. Looks like it's going in, but Achara playing his first game for TFC makes sure. Achara got credit for the goal. TFC get the win 1-0. EPL today, Liverpool and Bournemouth. Liverpool suffering its first league loss of the season last week, but back to their winning ways today. Sadio Mane with the steal over to Mo Salah, who knows what to do with it. Left footer to the corner, ties at 1-1, and then it's Mane sent in. He will score the game winner. Liverpool take it 2-1, likely just a few weeks away from clinching the league title. Briar from Kingston, Ontario. Alberta's Brendan Botcher taking on Saskatchewan's Matt Dunstone in the 1-2 playoff game. Winner here goes straight to tomorrow's final. Botcher with a, a pretty routine hit for the win. Scores four, wins at 9-4. They advance to the final. Saskatchewan will play in the semi tomorrow against either Newfoundland or Northern Ontario. Botcher has lost the last two Briar finals, so he's there for a third straight year, trying to change the outcome this time. Third round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational from Bay Hill in Orlando. Tough scoring conditions. The wind was up. The average score, four over 76. Just one guy broke par. Rory McIlroy was not one of them. Shot one over 73, but that was pretty good today. Snuggles up his uh, eagle attempt there. Tap in birdie. Rory is second at four under. The leader, Englishman Terrell Hatton, who will knock in a 31-footer on the 18th hole. Look how fast that putt is. He is at six under. He's got a two-shot lead. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor, the only Canadian to make the cut, is 36th at four over. Huh. The rugby should be fantastic. Canada's quarterfinal game against Spain, 12-25, and then two more to get to the championship. But they're playing great, and the crowd is rabid, so I don't think they're going to stop partying. Here's snow report for tonight with four new centimeters for Whistler Blackcomb, three for Grouse Cypress, a base of 368 and 329 for Sasquatch. Manning Park with five new centimeters, Revelstoke as well, 14 new centimeters for Fernie and Kicking Horse 9. Ten new centimeters for Big White, seven new centimeters for both Silver Star and Sun Peaks, and 12 new centimeters for Apex. 23 new centimeters for Mount Washington, Whitewater 9, and 7 new centimeters for both Red Mountain and Powder King. Okay, we have an update tonight about 17 husky puppies and their parents who were surrendered to the BCSBCA Okanagan Similkameen branch back in December. Now, while all 17 puppies now have homes, the SBCA had a little bit of a secret they didn't let us in on until now. One of the four huskies, the, one of the adults obviously, which uh, went into care, was pregnant, as you can see, and has given birth to a new litter of puppies. The society isn't saying how many were born or which community shelter they are in, but these puppies will not be available on their adoption website, as the new owners are going to be chosen from the more than 1,200 applicants who had hoped to adopt from the last litter. Look at those little cuties. It's nice to be wanted. 1,200 people wanted. want you. You win the, you know, they won the puppy lottery. No kidding. Uh, reminder that uh, most of BC 
returns to daylight savings time tomorrow. So set your clocks forward, spring forward before you go to bed tonight. Spring ahead um, and see some cloud cover tomorrow morning. Even a few showers in the mix. Higher elevations could see wet flurries. Really clears out for the afternoon and then sunshine on Monday too. Yay! <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. Jordan will be here at 11. Take care.